This is The Brilliant, episode probably around 47. And I'm talking to my friend Kalen, who actually I don't know that well, from New York City. Hey. Hello, welcome. I was I was gonna go over to Woodbine tonight, but I but I, here I am instead. I've heard rumors that they're having some difficulties or some changes or something. Oh really? Yeah. I, I haven't been over there for a little while actually. I I couldn't speak to that. In- interesting. So uh, just to start out with, and for those who for those people who don't know who you are, um, you do a variety of. Uh, high-profile performative actions that have included some <laughs> videotaped beatings by, by or, or at least draggings by uh, transit cops in the New York City subways. And then in the past couple months since the Trump election, you've actually gone to Times Square and been beaten by, by like, people with pool noodles or some crazy-ass thing? Oh, no, no. that's That was that was before. So there, there was a time leading up to the election where I, I was like, oh, it would be a total, like, not like even it would be a great idea, but I was like, oh, I should, no one is doing this. Like I should do this. And it was, it was sort of inspired by that article, uh, in some British tabloid about people trying time travelers coming back from the future to, to, uh, to, to kill Donald Trump, <laughs> that they, they'd come from the future to do this. And yeah. they were showing up in droves all over the place. And, and, and a friend and I sort of realized like, Oh, it would be so medieval and wonderful to dress up like Donald Trump and get beat up for, and, and I actually, I was making my, might just making a living, like making rent, doing that for for a few months. Um, and there was one of the one of the best scenes was, God, this is sort of an ornate story actually. And I, I sort of I sort of uh, I sort of deride that project at this point. But there was this amazing moment when I was dressed up like Donald Trump and I was playing like Necro or something really loud, walking through Times Square with the big sign that says "Beat Up Trump, five dollars, punch in the face or p- punch in the gut, five bucks." Uh, Three hundred dollars to to pee on me, and there were all these sort of menus of things, and I got these. I don't know if you know. In, in Times Square, there are there are all these people who are mostly like Latino people who uh, are dressed up like sort of like characters, like yeah, yeah, like, like Elmo and characters. And... and there's a lot of Elmos, and I actually and they have this whole like there's this whole like suddenly in the last year they've been confined to zoos. These little like green zoos on the <laughs> on the pavement there uh-huh. as a result of like this crazy like thing where allegedly one of them was like sexually grabbing some kid or something and so now there's this whole like and they were being very aggressive with asking for photos but i i at one point got got three elmos to beat the shit out of donald trump with pool noodles wow. which was which was amazing and that that footage is is somewhere but yeah for some reason i guess that project touched a nerve and it, I, I was I, I got i was like I was like got on got on um all these like news channels um in like 13 different countries. I was in there was a program in in Bengali and a program in Russian and all these different uh it, it was we I actually I actually was like that this is bullshit this is stupid this is not art I'm just I'm just doing this for money. Yeah. Um so yeah I, I mean like when you say that you made a living for a few months like are, are we talking like $1000 a month or like multiple? Um I wasn't going that hard. I mean Okay. I, I think that I mean I live very frugally and and um, I don't so know. It's a couple couple I, I hundred in, dollars a month. I live inside like usually like probably less than five hundred dollars a month. But I was I was making enough money to survive and, and that was yeah. just I I thought it would be a real cash cow, but I didn't. I mean it could have been. I think it could have been if I'd really gone hard. But I also felt mixed about it. And at this point, sort of yeah. 
I, I definitely take my responsibility for getting him elected with the whole media. I don't know. I, I was, I was a part of that, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, I guess the challenge here and, and, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you, uh, in the context of a podcast was to talk about publicity and, and talk about, you know, how one plays the media and gets played by the media, which obviously you've done plenty of both. And, and so yeah. this was, this was an example of you thinking about the moment and responding you know, in a sort of funny way. Um, and, and it, you know, like someone could read what you were doing as you being a grumpy Democrat, or they could have read what it is that you were doing in a more subversive way. Right. Yeah. I've, I've done some writing about it and I think, I mean, there's several ways to read the project. I like to make things fairly open discursively, but, um, I, I think one of the most interesting things actually that it seemed like the people, um, the more sort of liberal lefty people's politics were, the more like pathetically gentle they would be when they hit Trump with a pool noodle. Um, yeah, so I, th- I thought that was kind of telling. But um, did you get hurt it, yeah, by anybody? Uh, not, not really. I mean, I was definitely winded a couple. Times. There's some video. I think there's a video on YouTube. I, I could you could link if you want. That's that I, I put together. It was touring some festivals in like Europe I think there's 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 there was one some footage of a guy who really like put it in, in me a cups and that's fine with me um yeah I, I, I used to organize fight clubs too and I I feel like I feel like there's there is some value in Spanish you say chocar like this kind of like impact sort of thing with we have sort of dainty experiences of the world often and it can be nice to have sort of uh what, what's the main url someone can go to to find uh, your writing and information about what you do well, my, my website is enormousface.com, okay. and you can find you can find stuff on there. Most things are linked on there. My my old blog is I transferred hosts, and my old blog collapsed, and so I've got a new one, and I'm trying to get everything up on it. But um, you can find the old blog through the Wayback Machine still. Um, so the so the 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 main thing that you're known for, at least you know when I first heard of you outside of actually seeing you at the uh, Seattle Anarchist Book Fair, the the main thing that you're known for is you you do these um, basically transit performances, so like like subway performances, and you were arrested uh, in a in a couple different high profile incidences, and at least one of those lawsuits is resolved. Is that true? No, that that I actually just filed the appeal. So I'm actually they resolved it, and I'm and I'm they, I'm I'm appealing the lawsuit. That it came down and said that because I, I do this I do this sort of I, I describe it as an anarchist nihilist puppet sh- philosophy puppet show on the subway. It's sort of this like, and I've done it all over the all over the Americas and all over the sort of Western Western Europe. But um, there's part of it where I, I draw a little circle in chalk on the ground sometimes, and and um, they said I was graffitiing the subway, but this is sort of a last thing, so I'm, I'm appealing their decision now, but um, we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I've been arrested a lot of times, and at, at the risk of sounding glib, I, I don't um, I don't, I don't want to, like, fetishize that. I don't think that's worth... Um, I don't know. Being being arrested sucks, but but I, I do think that it's a it's a really good crash course in institutionalized racism. If if any white people out there like want a good, real quick understanding of white supremacy and how it works in the in the institutions, like get arrested and you'll learn a lot. So again, ju- you know, just to, to paint a picture, because your particular you've made some choices that are rather severe and probably like 
uh, more dramatic than people might give anything credit for. You you tend to mostly be performing puppet shows with found objects, and uh, and you tend to wear an outfit that can be described somewhere between like sprockets, which if people remember the Saturday Night Live, uh, um, uh, this was sort of making fun of German. Uh, uh, modern art, but it's so 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 it's somewhere between sprockets and dumpster trash. So most of the time I've seen you, you've had some sort of like foam <coughs> material strapped to your head, um, and so it's so it's very alien, and and your your body type is very angular and sort of spidery, and uh, and so so when people experience your puppet show, it I, I mean just to, to be you know as gentle as possible, it's undecipherable. It, it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I think that's something that I, I mean, I, I as, as you know, I, 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 um, I, ha- I have a bachelor's degree in, in comparative literature and I, I'm sort of, I'm sort of obsessed with like literary theory and like, I used to say I do sort of a, Delu- a Deleuzian puppet show and I, I think mm-hmm. Deleuze and Derrida, you know, are, are very, are very, uh, I- interesting to me. And, and I, I used to say that I, I just try to be very semiotically open, but I, but it's, it is true that, that the, I think for better, or for worse, it, although, although I, I tend not to incorporate very much narrative or, or text into, into my, my sort of performances or work or whatever, not happenings. I often told you not happenings, but, uh, I think that, I think they're, um, people can sort of see a, people can, are, are remarkably astute at deciphering my politics through, through that. Although I, I, I mostly use these sort of, sort of garbage things and, and talk about abjection and, and sort of and this, I, I did a. I've been doing sort of a, a series of the theory of garbage recently. That's sort of asserting about how, how in in an economy of goods and bads, garbage is essential to the construction of our of our um, of West, sort of Western capitalist uh, plutocracy, right? Where where certain things are valued less. Um, but uh, it's you know, one thing that you you've been talking about recently has been. Uh, um, Lifestyleism. I heard you mention. Maybe this isn't an old podcast. I was listening to you, and it's interesting to sort of notice that, like, like I, I think I, like I would criticize myself for being sort of a lifestylist, like mm. only like doing lots of garbage stuff and squatting. But it's interesting how that that discourse has kind of kind of gone by the wayside recently. I remember that was a big deal. Um, Ten back in the plus day. years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's I've been I've described that to people recently. Been like, yeah, it used to be this thing in anarchist discourse. Well, I, I don't want to get trapped by the you know obviously someone who watches you can get really get, can get really seduced by the the minutia of like how it is that you do the mechanics of what you do. Sure. The only the only question along that lines that, that I will ask is I imagine your immune system is very strong. Oh yeah, it's through the roof. You, re- yeah. you you roll around the New York City subway all the time. Yeah, I. I uh... I definitely, I definitely have a, I definitely expose myself to a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. I think I am, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I think, I mean, unless I miss like four nights of sleep in a row, I, I, I basically never get, get sick. Yeah. That's amazing. I wonder how that will change as you, as you age. I mean, is this something that you feel like has a limited lifespan because you've been doing it for five years or even more, right? Yeah. Longer than that. I think maybe eight years at this point longer, um, it is interesting to watch this change. I, I actually set myself a time, sort of a time bomb for when I was going to 
and I, I actually already have sort of stopped doing that as my main thing. Ah, okay. Um, and so, I, so I'm doing a lot of other things, and I've sort of, I sort of realized that it had become an, a sort of monolithic economy, and and in terms of in terms of uh, that's sort of one analysis I have is that it's it's really important that we should we need to have our all, all, all kinds of our economy sort of come from diverse inputs not just have one thing we depend on for everything well one of the things i've i've loved about your project from the onset is that is that you were fully committed to it in the sense that you you know were pro- it was a primary for lack of a better language job that you were doing sure yeah i mean i i definitely still you know it's i don't know i mean there's lots of ways to cut this, but one of the things I, I think I dogmatically cleave to is like you can you can do what you want to do, just keep doing it. You know, you can do it. Right. And like I, I'm like I like haven't gotten another. I don't really support. Like maybe I'll get a gig somewhere every once in a while, but for the most part, I I support myself through my through my uh, through my 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 work. Sure, um, and, and but I and but I do I do live very frugally. You know, it's, it's true. Yeah, and so just to take this analysis a little little further, you know, the the concept, the the umbrella of, of at least where we're going to get started is to talk about how does one, as a re- person with radical politics or or uh, radical ideas, how does one advertise that that aspect of themselves? And so the the thing that's really striking about your particular set of choices is that what you're doing is more or less not unpopular it's it's again incomprehensible you know almost in the in the cthulian sense and so the so the fact is is that you're at, you're basically demonstrating an advertisement for a radical set of values with the most unattractive approach possible and i am right. just sort of curious to to hear like like has has it been successful on the level of propaganda at all um I mean, at the most basic sense, I think that um, the indecipherability that, that you mention is something that I that I am very interested in, um, and 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 feel happy about. In the most basic sense of like, people see this thing and they're like, "What the hell is that thing? I have no context for this thing. Yeah. This must be totally different. Maybe my community could be totally different, right? Like maybe like if this thing can exist, it's totally different that I have no context for. Like maybe." And and I think like it's important to like like to do this thing that like seems very jarring, but at the same time is very beautiful and sort of seductive and and charming and nice. And so it's like wow, this is like I can't write this off as just like, like I think there are certain things to do to that I that I try to do to make it harder to write it off as sort of just like a crazy person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely get written off as a crazy person a lot, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's it is interesting. I mean, I think at this point. Um, at this point, um, I mean, there are, it's a, it's a wager, I think, between, there's, there's always this wager between, like, trying to be as effective as you can be and, like, actually trying to have a good life, um, like, trying to change the world and, and trying to have a good life. Um, and, uh, and I think that's, you know, that's, that's, that's really at the root of that, but, but, um, I don't know. It's it's been it's been strange to. I, I think I was a more active, like anarchist organizer, actually, like in terms of being involved with more other projects that could dovetail with this stuff before I moved to New York City. New York, I found I found New York City to be particularly clicky and and cynical and and sort of cutthroat in terms of just in terms of I guess altruism, but also people's people's. Um, just like people, nice people being involved, like like act, like increasingly, I find activists to be just like really 
difficult and painful to be around and really sort of prone to conflict and ego. New York City is already so egotistical. But, you know, yeah. Um, I mean, this, this is true of all three of the big uh, anarchist populations in North America. Sure. Well, of course. Uh, incredible clickiness. And, and, and actually, we, you, can we, tell, yeah. you can tell whether Chicago is a big or a small scene based on how much fighting they're doing in terms of <laughs> I think, four. and it's, yeah, I, I really, I, a part of me really does think that we really, we really have to find a new way to deal with um, conflict and, and accountability and everything because the the systems that we have in the radical community are really they're really critically failing the the survivors and the perpetrators and, and everyone it's just like just like that's another issue <laughs> yeah for sure I mean obviously because I live in Berkeley uh, uh, we're seeing it firsthand right now yeah um, so how did you become the person that was that that started doing this in other words how, what what prepared you both on the performance art perspective and from the you know having the cojones the how the did mechanics, i become yeah, the mechanics, uh, yeah well i think um i think there's a couple things going on i mean i think in the most basic sense i think i i always wanted i always knew that i i was sort of very I would I, as as a child, I looked around the world and felt that it was very homogenous, and I was sort of upset by what I saw in the world and wanted to see a greater degree of difference. And I, I can think about just like I, as a kid being like, "Why do all the cars look the same? Like, why does everyone have sort of similar lifestyles? Like, this is not like I want something different." And and I think that paired with a kind of like just sort of um, I guess you could call it a desire to have a good life, but also sort of a sort of like a desire to be to. So, I don't know, like like FOMO about legendary stuff. There's, I don't know if you, I can. There's a train going by. If that's <laughs> you picking that up, um, authentic New York City noises happening yes, for the. I like looking at the. Yeah, you look at the subway map over in the bay. And you guys are just. You guys are just compared to the subway in New York. It's man. Hopefully that doesn't to say anything about how you guys think over there. Um, we're, we're really rhizomatic in New York. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't need to, I don't need to do that. Um, we, uh, but I, I mean, I guess, I mean, I always did things outside. I always was interested, but, but that's, that's also why I live in New York is because there's a pedestrian, um, Culture. culture here and and it's one of the only places i used to live in new orleans but it's sort of less that way i think now more difficult to do street work in new orleans but um you know people people walk around and i can do stuff here and there's a kind of civic culture um in terms of street level civic culture that's that's really special in new york and a kind of intellectual respect but um and and the garbage is really wonderful and the subway system is really wonderful but but there's also this sense of sort of like be like doing something Difficult, right? So I, I always, uh, I don't know. When I, 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 th- I think it's related to this. I mean, when when I was nineteen, I, I made a list of all the things I wanted to do, and and I was I was in college, and I was worried that I was never gonna like have an adventure or like live a adventurous life, really. And um, and I'd done I'd done some things before then, but I I made a list of all the things I wanted to do, this sort of stupid bucket list idea, and I looked at it and I was like, how can I do all these things at once? Like, how can I get done most of these things? And I realized that if I if I hitchhiked from Seattle to Patagonia, I could I could get done over half of these things. And so, and so I did that. I didn't really bring money, and I learned to play the harmonica on the way to make money. And, and I, I think I sort of these kind of sort of epic sort of durational like like I can make all my money doing puppet shows on the subway about like pretentious like ivory tower philosophy and like yeah. you know that's like like I was like I. I how, 
how far can I push like doing this improbable thing? And I think, I mean, you'd mentioned you want to talk about privilege and I think that sort of dovetails, segues into that um, in terms of like, like there definitely is an aspect to those things. It's like, oh, like you're a pretty white kid. Like, like, of course you can, you know, do that. Um, and I think it's, I mean, I think it's always a, it's always a, a thing to, uh, to weigh, like how, how much is, how much is, sort of how much are you pushing the envelope for everyone and how much are you just sort of cementing your all the privileges that you have and cementing, you know, this idea that like, well, like if a person of color did that, like they would get they would get arrested immediately. And like, you know, I think I think insofar as like, you know, like I, I do sue the cops when I get arrested. I, I hope that that can set precedent for other people to to be able to do that. Um and and do work with organizations that way, but but I you know I'm, I think that's I think that's uh, that's an important consideration. But um, yeah, I, I think that's I mean I think in terms of my like my personal engagement with that kind of stuff, I think it I think it does come down to a certain critique of homogeneity, which I don't want to describe as as a survival like this like because I, I do think I'm against survival. I, I don't I think survival is is really a Survival for its own sake is unlike unlike Dadaism is is uh, it's really it's really depressing. It's really like oh no, God, you just want to survive. Okay, okay, I'm not I'm not there. Well, I mean, I guess you know. So so <clears throat> on the one level, we can describe your your performance pieces as, as like in, in the ways that you you already have right as a uh, anarcho nihilist uh, perf- uh, philosophical performance piece, but there's some content to what it is that you're trying to do. In other words, that's like a summary document. Sure. What would you say is the best of the content? Like, in other words, you're, you're talking about survival and you're, and you're obviously representing what survival looks like vis-a-vis uh, ecstasy or, or the mundanity of the people walking by you. But, um, uh, but I guess, does anybody ever get that? I, I think so. I mean, I, I do think so. I, I mean, I think in a sense I've constructed my life with sort of maximum free time, so I really can spend my time pursuing what I what I want to pursue. And there have been some trade-offs for that, of course. But um, but uh, are, are you talking about? Would you would you like for me to describe sort of the particular yeah. projects or yeah, sort of like ahead. ideological undertones thereof? I mean, I, I recognize that there have to, uh, you know, I, I, I can't follow your stuff because we live on the opposite sides of the country all that yeah, much. Yeah. So, so I recognize that you've had different phases and different sort of transitions. Yeah, so, well, yeah, sure, talk about I, I mean, one, one thing that I do that I'm, that I'm proud of that I've done several times, I, I do usually several times this summer, I've been doing it for a couple of years here, is I, um, I build this giant shopping cart that's like this sort of towering, trundling heap of sort of vegetable grotesquerie almost and i i push it um i push it from bedsty up to the bronx so over over the up through up through brooklyn over the manhattan bridge usually down to the the bottom of manhattan and then all the way up broadway just like 30 miles about like to to the bronx um and it's originally it was sort of this homage to this 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 guy william pope l who um was he self-described as, as at one point as the friendliest black artist in America, and he used to do this thing where he would he would dress like Superman and crawl on his belly the length of the length of Broadway, and he did it over five years, and it was like a sort of he did it a few blocks at a time, but I, wow. I would do that and tell people about him um, as I as I push the cart, um, but I think I mean. 
again, I mean, there's a lot of ways to read the cart. You know, I, I, I do like to leave it open, but in, in a sort of basic sort of sense, I mean, these things, these things that are sort of like totally entrenched in alterity and like, and like, like this sort of like, Oh my God, like you, you, you did this thing. Like, that's so weird. Like that's so, why would you do that? I hope that at the most basic level that it, it can open up an, an imaginative space for like, wow, like that's really, that's, that's really different. Like why, what would lead someone to do that? That's like, you, you really, you really can do a lot of different things and sort of open up this imaginative space for difference in the world in the most, in the most basic, in the most basic sort of cosmological, um, you can really do what you want kind of, kind of way. Like you don't have to get a house in the suburbs kind of, kind of way. Um, and I think the constraints are large here. I mean, I mean, in, in your case, you know, you basically live in a garage and, you know, in the shit ass of Brooklyn, right? Sure. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I want to say that, uh, I think it's, uh, I mean, I, I actually, I actually think I think I have a, a a pretty a pretty great life, and I I actually could I actually I'm actually very very happy with with my life, and and there there definitely are some times when it when it uh, when I'm like man like I wish I I wish I had something that I don't have, but uh, again I mean uh, things are changing in my life, like I definitely I definitely am you know I'm I'm interested in in change I think fundamentally. Um, and 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 that that's that includes things for my life, but uh, I mean I don't know. Oh fuck! Did it? We're still connected. Um, yeah, we're doing great. Actually, the, just to, to 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 change the topic a little bit. Yeah. So so I like a lot of other people who work shit jobs try very hard to keep the thing I do for my job, like in other words, to pay my bills, a uh, very separate like hard wall between my job and my life, the things I value, yeah. the, the anarchism I do. And, um, uh, and you actually don't keep those lives separate. Well, it's, it's interesting because on the one hand, there's this sort of banal, irritating slogan people say, uh, art is life, life is art. And um, yeah, I really detest that. I really, I really disagree with that. But I, ironically, I, I do, in a sense, embody that. And I, I, I do have made some kind of some kind of fusion. Um, that's that's true, but but it also is. You know, it's it's nice to it's nice to be able to present that I also am a. You know, it's nice it's nice to just do straight drag sometimes and and sort of not wear skimpy tights and bras and just put on put on a button up and go to a cafe and be really be really regular. You know, but I mean, uh, there there are a lot of ways my life is really really normal. Um, but there, I mean, there's obviously probably more ways my life is really strange. Um, well, so about six months ago, I think that you were you were having a lease end, and and you were you were plausibly going to have to change some things in your life, and and I had suspected that you were possibly going to leave New York, or that you were at least contemplating it. Yeah, a lot uh, of people. Yeah, I had a bad. I had like a that was that was a hard time i mean there was there was a hard some hard stuff going on i i think i mean i think new york is where i live it's it's really there's something really special about new york and I'm, i think i'm I, this is where i belong i'm always going to be coming back here um but i i do tour a lot i mean i do i do go out for a second i, I went and was actually back in seattle taking taking care of my family for a little while but i i did try to uh sort of go really hard with the cart for a couple of weeks and I, I built a new cart and was sort of the project was called Portal into the Void, I, I, sort of appropriately, but uh, 
and I was, I was, uh, here comes another train. Mm-hmm. I was uh, just pushing this cart all around the city, collecting all this garbage I found and making stuff out of it and installing different sculptures all around and taping, taping up weird pornos on, on the streets. Um, and I guess not, not necessarily actual pornos, but yeah, after, after about two or three weeks of that, the city just took my cart and destroyed it. I, I think I had, I actually had like, I think I had 80 liters. I think I had my whole, my body weight in my urine in another cart that I was dragging behind me. And <laughs> in front of me, I had my, I, yeah, gosh, man, that was the whole urine thing. Is, I sort of detailed that on my, on my blog. That actually came from a, when I was squatting in New Orleans, we, we had, we developed our koala house, had a, a whole micro economy of, of my urine. I was the, the my squat mate, Amarik said, Kailan, he will be the, uh, the koala house at Derry, and the Derry will produce the liquid currency uh, for which we will use uh, the economy. And it was, it was, uh, I was just, after the squat got bulldozed, I, I sometimes would try to keep the, keep the economy bolstered with producing some dairy products. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's sort of a, sort of uh, esoteric at best. Yeah. So, after the, yeah, you you seem like your spirits were down after your cart was smashed was destroyed by the city, but but there, there were a lot never... of things going on. Yeah, there were there was uh-huh. a lot of there was some sort of interpersonal betrayal that happened and and different just sort of the shit hit the fan in a big way. And yeah, I was I was sort of shit out of luck for a, for a second. Um, I mean, I guess to put put the question a different way, you've chosen a life where this is going to be what your life is forever. Maybe, uh, maybe. I, I definitely, I actually, one thing I've been thinking of recently um, that I, what, I mean, I've got a lot of projects on the horizon, but a little further out, I'd, I'd actually really like to get a step van and convert it into a, uh, into a kind of sort of like RV sort of slash like touring, touring. I, I imagine the, I don't, if you know the, do you know the uh, 100 Years of Solitude by, by Gabriel Garcia Marquez? You read this? I think I've heard of it. There's this. There are these these people who are described as these gypsies who appear every every year and bring these sort of fantastic, strange objects to the little village of Macondo. And I imagine some sort of fusion of the the freedom riders and these Macondo gypsies, sort of touring. I, I really want to sort of tour Red America um, with this. With this, I think I think it would be. It could be could be cool to do. Um, but I but I I mean. Like, like I say, I'm interested in change. You know, I, 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 I am. Um, like, there are things that, that I'm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm done with. You know, like there was, when I, when I hitchhiked from Seattle to Argentina, I was on this tip of like, really dogmatically, like, no, there shall be no flying. But it, it really, it really is. I, I basically live like, like one of these hardcore freegan people that like yeah. thinks that consumerism is wrong. But, it, but it, the whole analysis of consumer politics as a seat of change is, is, as everyone knows, sort of really just about a guilt trip for people. And it's really, it's really just a way to, it's just a bad place to spend your energy. Like if you really care about change, making political changes, like you should, you should do much more spectacular things, I think. Ah, okay. Well, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. What, what do you think are the, are the two things that you've done in your own practice that has looked like the kind of change you'd like to see in the world or, or are you putting that idea into practice? Because obviously, again, living in Berkeley, yeah. it, it, it appears that the anarchists and anti-authoritarians think that fighting Nazis on the streets is the sp- spectacular way to, 
to to demonstrate our good ideas. To, Which, uh, if I'm going to be, yeah, if I'm going to be really cynical, I I, I want to make the I mean, increasingly. I mean, you saw I posted a thing about something that happened in New York a, a few months ago that was just yeah. super normal, but it's just regular. Uh, also, like just this, like, are is is Antifa just like sort of like the anarchist bro like analog to Catholic crusades? Like, is it just anarchism's response to like, like making, like using young male energy to like, like let's, this is a good way to make young, like anarchist dude bros, not, not beat up the girl anarchists. Like let's take out their, but it's like after, after the fucking, after the fucking protest, like Mulis's books, book sales shot through the roof. Like that's, I mean, it's like, look at, let's look at the actual, actual practical effects of these things. Um, if you ask them, a lot of Antifa describe themselves as the basically internet nerds who spend the bulk of their time doing research and then sort of deploying their troops uh, after the fact. Like, for sure, instance, I mean, for instance, today the entire conversation is about naming the names of who did the bad things on tape. I'd love to see. I'd love to see an Antifa action that was just razor precise in, and, and had a really great effect, but I, I haven't seen it yet. I mean, I, it's the truth, you know, and, and most, I don't know, I think, who was it? It, it was some, uh, I want to say it was some, some person at the, this, this talk about the, there's all this whole blue in New York about the, the Whitney Biennial showing this sort of glib painting by Dana Schutz, um, about, uh, about the Emmett Till, uh, Emmett, the photograph of Emmett Till, and this right. woman was saying that she feels like, like it's the sort of white academy's response to, uh, is is like trying to shut down free speech, and and it it is like there's something about there's something that doesn't work about that response. There's some, but it's also this freedom of speech is sort of a weird basic. It's it's just sort of a weird basic assertion for any society, in in a lot of ways. I, I mean, it, it it is it is curious and like, like at what point does freedom of speech balance with uh, with just oppressing other people and entrenching oppression? I don't know. Anyways, we were talking about uh, spectacular things that actually word you yeah you appreciate. Sorry, uh, I in a certain sense. My my puppet show is really is really that. I mean, it's something I'm really happy with in terms of like like at a certain point I was like, what would I want to see in the world? And I was like, well, I'd, I'd want to see a, a fucked up puppet show made out of dead animals and garbage, just do, like illustrating Benjaminian theories of translation and Gloria Anzaldua is talking about borders and and all, and, and all this stuff um, and and you know this this weird cart roving around the city people people sort of living in the living in the cracks of the of a non sort of a fragmentary um, economy um, do you take I, a stand do you take a stand against electronic recording and transmission of your uh, puppet shows because obviously I'm sure that you've been approached by well, other aspiring artists who would like to convert your stuff to film or whatever. Sure, yeah, I feel complicated about it. I, I have a manifesto against photography, specifically. I, I'm more against photography than I am against film. Actually, I, I've, I've got some some film that's interesting. Um, there, uh, there. Uh, what's the? I guess my my principal declaration against photography is that it's it's fundamentally incarceratory. Like it's it tries to take something and 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 suck the life out of a a moving image and and freeze it forever in in uh, in time. Um, 
which is, I mean, uh, but and I, I mean, I, it's something that I use, but it's, it's, uh, I mean, as a street worker, it's something that, you know, is weird in terms of people say objectification and I, I don't have anything against objects, but I, but I, uh, I do think that there's, there's a constant perennial problem where people, people will, uh, come up and laugh and take a picture of me and then like, and just like really treat me like shit. And like, like if someone takes a picture of me and then like, you know, treats me with respect and like maybe, maybe gives me a buck or, or gives me or writes me, writes me their contact and it's like, Hey, I'll send you the picture if you want it. That's, that's fine. You know, that's great. But there's, there definitely is a way. I, I don't think the tool is necessarily loaded one way or the other, but I, I do think that there are, there are many sort of, there, there's a lot of ways to use technology and photography that are, that really, they do entrench, um, power dynamics and, and, uh, yeah, cement these sort of fucked up minors. And, uh, what have been, you know, again, like I'm just really looking for stories. I mean, and you just must have a thousand of them because oh, sure. you're literally, you're literally interacting with strangers with crazy ass ideas all the time. So what's <laughs> been the, like, what have been some great responses of people who have come and just seen your thing and been like, I'm on board. You know, where's the newsletter? But, yeah, I mean, it runs the gamut. I mean, I, I really, I, I can transfix a hundred people in the subway. I can hypnotize, you know, people to, with with what I do. But I also periodically just get attacked, and people will just, you know, attack me and sort of trample my stuff and kick me. And some people will sort of come up and make out with me. Um, but cops, I mean, cops here are actually really interesting too. The New York City cops are are actually. Um, I think they're the most intellectual police de- police department. They're they're oh, really. Jesus uh, Christ. Oh yeah, you can. What last? Yeah, what last time I, I got arrested? Actually, just a, just a month ago, we started talking about Hegel and and uh, and surrealism and Andre Breton, and one of them sent me his thesis on uh, nuclear proliferation. Um, what the fuck? No That's man, the, they're, they're yeah. Cops I mean, are interesting. I mean, what's all the cops that, know right? me in New York. Right. I mean, the New York yeah. City Police, for, for people who don't know, is the largest police force in the world. Or it it's actually the, the eighth largest. It's like the seventh largest army in the world. Yeah. And it, what is it, 20,000? Even more? I don't um, know. I, can't, I couldn't quote the numbers right now. But, but. even even the, the ticket uh, people are cops. So, it, so it's like the... It's just, it's just armies and armies of departments. And it's weird. It's a weird... You, you might like this story. There's a couple... Uh, this has happened several times, actually. After I got arrested, um, I was standing outside the subway, and I have my, like... I have a little patch that says, Fuck the police, with a smiley face on it. And um, this happened a couple times where, like, I was... Like, recently, I was trying to get into the subway and didn't have enough money and was trying to get money in my card or whatever and there were three cops and my back was them and they saw the fuck the police patch and I turned around and they saw them kind of snickering at it and uh, and I was like hey guys how's it going this is not that's not right I'm and it, it, one of them comes up to me after seeing the fuck the police patch and this was around Christmas time and he was like hey uh, you want a candy cane and I was like Sure, of course, I love candy cane. Do you, do you guys want to see a puppet show? And they were like, no, no, no. And I was like, I was like, I was like, uh, I did a little tiny puppet show for them, and they, uh, and they, they loved the puppet show, and were like, hey, can we let you into the subway? We'll let you into the subway. And they let me into the subway after seeing this fuck the police patch. And another time, there was this, there was this cop, uh, or there was this guy, just guy. I was standing outside the the subway again, sort of stranded, and didn't, couldn't was trying to get money in my card. And uh, this cop saw my hat, and he was like, "Hey, uh, weren't you uh, 
weren't you arrested by the MTA? Like that's so <laughs> fucked up. I, I saw, I saw, I saw your, the video of your arrest. That was, that was heinous. I'm so sorry. Can I let you into the subway? Um, but it's just funny, you know, it's, it's weird. I mean, it's a weird, like, yeah, it's, it's weird to have strange. conversations with cops where you're like, you're like, yeah, I really hate what you do. I really, I think you should get a new job. You guys are so intellectual. You should become poets. And they're like, yeah, maybe I should. Um, and, uh, I don't know that the NYPD is actually really on board with, uh, hating, hating the cops. Sure. <laughs> but I don't know. Fuck well, the police or whatever. <laughs> well, again, it's, it's also, you know, you have 20,000 people and there's going to be a range of opinions. And well, if, any, if anyone's going to know why you would say fuck the cops, it's going to be people in a huge bureaucracy like that. I, yeah. And if there's anything cops hate, it's, it's paperwork. So if you threaten them with paperwork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there is this weird attitude, you know, that's very different West Coast cops versus East Coast cops in that. You know, East Coast cops are a member of this huge bureaucracy, whereas West Coast cops are sort of overworked in this in this different sense, um, where you know they're supposed to be lifestyle cool at the same time that that there aren't enough of them to, to do this sort of bureaucratic thing. Yeah, right. Whatever. Interesting. I mean, in in the East Bay, we have this thing that's called mutual aid between the different police departments. Yes, literally. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and it's basically the, you know, anytime a thing like like uh, Berkeley happens, um, Ber- the Berkeley PD basically fires up the mutual aid, um, you know, fireworks or something, and the cops come from all the different surrounding cities. Sure, 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 sure. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, in Occupy, it was a real big deal. I mean, obviously, these, these weird clashes happening in Berkeley are a little different, but... Yeah, and that's nice. Um, and so, so you say you're transitioning. You're you're moving a little bit away from street performing. Well, I, I mean, I think that, I always am. Like? Well, I'm moving away from I'm moving away from doing the puppet show as like like doing do work, working that job as like a forty hour in a week job. I actually, you, you might like the uh, what what I did was I I used to get really mad when people gave me pennies on the subway, yeah. and I was like, oh, you gave me you think I'm worth a fucking penny? But so I was like, how can I make these pennies valuable? And so I I actually. Uh, I was like, I'll collect all the pennies from my birth year that I get busking, and then when I get a hundred of them, when I get a dollar worth, I'll melt them down into a nugget to fight the cops, and I'll stop doing street performance as my main thing. <laughs> and it and it took like it took like four, it took like several years for me to actually collect that many pennies from my birth year, and uh, I have a, sort of my my birth year is one of the rarer years for pennies, incidentally, but. Um, it turns out that it's actually hard to melt them. Like there, there's some combination of zinc. They're like they're like 98.7 percent yeah. zinc or something yeah. now after 82, and um, and I couldn't find anyone to melt them. And I, when I went to tour Europe like last summer, I uh, I I flew to Norway. I flew to flew to Norway, and and when I was I showed up at the squat in in um, in Oslo, and my first day at the squad in Oslo, I was like, I sort of mentioned this project. Some, someone's like, oh, I'm a metal worker. And I was like, oh, you might like this project, you know. And I, I actually kept, brought these pennies with me. And per- the person was like, yeah, totally. There's this guy down the street who actually, you should go to him tomorrow morning. And, I, and so I went and actually, I actually was able to melt down this, this nugget of sort of this weird dowsing nugget. 
crazy of a hundred pennies. That's my sort of marker. They're like, I'm done with doing the puppet joke on that. I try to do it like once, once every week or two still. Um, cause it's just, I, it's something that I can do really well and I don't want to lose it. And I think it's valuable for the world. And I want it, I want it to be something in the world, but I, I'll, I do gigs around and I, I'm, I'm sort of just, I'm, I'm working on bigger projects. Right? I'm working on, um, I'm going to be starting a film really soon. I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I think this month I'm going to start this this project. I'm trying to do a performance on every subway stop in New York, of which there are there's 469. And so I'm going to start with wow. the I'm going to start with the L train and do like a different performance on each subway, and not like not the puppet show. Like I'll do little puppet yeah. shows, but not sort of the one that I'm known for. And I make I'm going to be making this documentary from the future, I think. Um, but I, I don't need to talk about all these all these things. Um, but yeah, I'm sort of just sort of dedicating my time to like bigger projects I feel like the puppet show has sort of run its course sort of and I, I, I'm sort of doing sort of longer term planning investing more time in projects that have like a longer term less sort of what, what do you say like direct uh, immediate satisfaction whatever it's called mm-hmm. yeah I mean uh, clearly as someone who has a variety of projects going on at once some of which are really quick turnaround right I'm now doing a weekly podcast you know projects like this that I'm trying to do about two a month and then you know some book projects that are going to be like once one a year for the next five years is my current yeah. plan and sort of yeah. trying to keep all your creative stuff and you know as balls in the air while you try to survive yeah it is it is a it is an interesting juggling act and i someone was saying recently that actually that's that's actually a much better way to go than than to sort of dedicate your entire life to one project at a time which can mm. end up with these sort of like real serious depressive bouts um sort of postpartum things but it's it's interesting to notice things coming together also i mean as i i work on a lot of different things at once and it like i just put out this sort of morphology of zoss uh it's like a it's like a um i think I, i sent you one it's it's got a it's like a um a utopic vision of hell with sort of anarchist dialectics and hentai tentacle geography. It's sort of this Codex Serfianus meets the Necronomicon sort of book. But I, I've, I've realized, I've realized that it's like, it's sort of a graphic novel slash sort of anti philosophy praxis thing. But it's but all it, of this in, in a very tight little package. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's perpetually growing. It, it keeps on growing, but it's, that has, is kind of dovetailing with more and more of my, of my other work. And it's, it's interesting to notice things really coming together. And I think you do that too. I think in a, in a really cool way, that's really, uh, you know, it, it, it really is, there's something too, like if you really just keep doing it, just keep working, yes. you can, you can get somewhere. Um, you know, and that's, that's for sure true. Yeah, and I think I don't know, like like the puppet shows. Like I'm I wanna I'm talking about sort of collaborating with some uh, some sex workers who I know with on, with puppet shows where like they'll be doing their like sort of like cam internet stuff, and I'll be doing like weird puppet shows around them, um, which I think could be could be a kind of cool hack to like yeah, go into the world of like live Jasmine or whatever it is to um, yeah the. Um uh, we're actually uh, running out of time. I try to keep these to an hour. Not oh, yeah. I couldn't talk totally. more, but just so that there's a constraint. Um, uh, how? So a lot of what we're talking about is your individual approach to a sort of political s- 
slash uh, experiential life. Yeah. Have you had much success in collaboration with other people? Yeah, I, I love collaborating with people. I, I have a lot of a lot of collaborations really running at once, um, and I, I I think a problem that I have in my personality is that I'm I, I can be sort of scattered like ADHD in terms of my attention, um, and it's something that I something that I I am working on, um, but. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I've, I've had a lot of collaborations. I mean, some of them in, in the last. So recently, I've had some some sort of explosions with with sort of sad sort of collaborations not working out. But I, I have I, I I do love collaborating. I'm, I'm going to be I'm, I'm working on some some bigger collaborations that'll be coming up at the actually at the Anarchist Book Fair, Anarchist Art Fair. We'll be we'll be doing a a big collaboration with several different people from different groups that that I we like to do sort of noise things on the subway. One one you know one thing if we're running out of time, I do want to. Say that in terms of a one sort of sort of central thing, and this I, I started doing. I started going to therapy recently. This came up in therapy um, that I uh, I used to say that I'm like I, I I'll call myself a, a street physicist, but one thing that I'm I'm trying to do is like rip little holes in reality to like to to and making bo- to bo- to bo- bore these little holes in reality, but the making these these boring little holes was another sort of like sad. <laughs> sad sort of way to talk about that but I, I realized that when Trump got elected that unfortunately he really beat me to the chase and really really like really ripped a much bigger hole in reality than I than I was able to with yeah. with like pushing around strange objects well it's one of the advantages of having enormous resources at play I guess so I mean, yeah, you know, I think about this all the time on the, on the level of like, I would like to have a bigger impact, but I just don't know how to do it at the at the level that I'm at without having bigger resources. Well, and I think that there's something, I mean, collab, there is something um, really, uh, what's the word, uh, that where the sum of the total is more, the sum of the parts, sum sure. is more than the, of, of uh, synchronicity or whatever, I don't know, yeah. of, uh, of, uh, of collaboration where, where really, really collectives, collectives can get things done that are, that are really special, um, that aren't, uh, that are beyond the scope of an individual in it. And I don't know, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd like to talk to you about collaborations at, in, in the, in the future and different people, you know, but it's, it is. I think we have to undertake these things with a understanding of how we're going to deal with conflict if conflict should arise, because um, I think that often people enter into collaborations without sort of being like, "Oh, this will be great," and then you know, more often than not, there's a conflict, and if we don't have a strategy for dealing with that, um, sort of insured, it can really be bad. Yeah, it's funny. I, you know, one of the reasons I I'm, was sort of pushing you in a certain direction earlier in this conversation was because you are not more popular than you are because your tastes are really fucking weird. Whereas, <laughs> <laughs> whereas a lot of the reason why a lot of the work that I do isn't more popular is because I'm I'm fundamentally a contrarian. And I don't right. like I don't like the feeling of being in a room with people who I agree with. So I fuck so I fuck shit up. I mean, I, I'm that way too. In an ex, in, a, in a, when I when I meet someone, when someone's like, "Oh, I'm an anarchist," I'm like, "Oh, like I don't want to hang out with you." Or like, yeah. or if they're like, "Oh, I'm a I'm a puppeteer," I'm like, "Oh, you must be a pervert. That sucks. Like, sorry." <laughs> um, you know, like it definitely there are things about when people identify as my identity. I, I definitely tend to tend to yeah. There, there are things I shy away from about that. The thing I always like to say about anarchists is it means that we might have a shared vocabulary when I meet a new one. We might have have some 
great things in common, but we might actually be totally opposed to each other on on some things that are really fundamental sure. for me. Yeah, and that's yeah. and that's and that's a great thing about how anarchism has grown and changed. But it definitely you know leads one to think that like ident- identities, especially self defined ones, are not sure. stable places. Well, there, I, I mean, some of these some of these threads with people, a bunch of different anarchists, where sometimes someone will put up a picture of, like, we'll be doing something regular, and someone will put up some riot porn picture of some black block throwing a Molotov, and everyone else in the thread is like, is like, cool, bro, awesome, yeah, love that, looks good, looking good. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, someone put up a cat, someone put up a cat video. Like, I just want to see a cat video. You're you're one of the organizers at the New York City Book Fair this year. Yeah, that? yeah, I am. Yeah, I, I made I made one of the flyers that'll be it'll be up. Um, and what's the date on that? So the the it's the the weekend of the the, the book fair itself is May thirteenth, and the okay. art fair is May twelfth at Judson Church. Um, yeah, and the music night after that is the 14th. We're, we're having a fundraiser, though, on the on the 28th at Mayday Space. Um, and y'all should come. There's going to be, you know, I'll be performing. There'll be there'll be um, several musical acts. Um, and uh, it's, it's at Mayday Space in, in Brooklyn um, on, on April 28th. Okay, well, so we'll, come, we'll come try to get come this on. out and we'll try to get this out in time for that. So yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. Um, yeah, that'd be, that'd be great if, if uh, it can plug it. Um, yeah, and if I guess I want to, I don't know. If people are interested, you know, send me a send me a note. Enormousface.com. It probably my enormous enormous face Instagram is a little bit more current. I, I update it less frequently, um, or I update my website less frequently. Um, but yeah, be, send me send me all your hate mail. Um, oh, <laughs> it was very nice talking to you. Yeah, likewise. Let's let's yeah. Thanks thanks so much for having me on the show. It's it's a uh, it's an honor.